necessarily to make them comfortable on the way. Indeed, he had forgotten the very existence of this one unnoteworthy little passenger. When he was about to leave the post office in Maplewood that morning, a woman had alighted from a wagon, and coming up to him, inquired whether this were the Riverboro stage, and if he were Mr. Cobb. Being answered in the affirmative, she nodded to a child who was eagerly waiting for the answer, and who ran towards her as if she feared to be a moment too late. The child might have been ten or eleven years old, perhaps, but whatever the number of her summers, she had an air of being small for her age. Her mother helped her into the stagecoach, deposited a bundle and a bouquet of lilacs beside her, superintended the roping-on behind of an old hair-trunk, and finally paid the fare, counting out the silver with great care. "'I want you should take her to my sisters in Riverboro,' she said. "'Do you know Mirandy and Jane Sawyer? They live in the brick house?' "'Lord bless your soul. He knew em as well as if he'd made em. "'Well, she's going there, and they're expecting her. Will you keep an eye on her, please?' If she can get out anywhere and get with folks or get anybody in to keep her company, she'll do it. Goodbye, Rebecca. Try not to get into any mischief and sit quiet, so you look neat and nice when you get there. Don't be any trouble to Mr. Cobb. You see, she's kind of excited. We came on the cars from Temperance yesterday, slept all night at my cousin's and drove from her house. Eight miles it is, this morning. Goodbye, mother. Don't worry. You know it isn't as if I haven't traveled before. The woman gave a short, sardonic laugh and said in an explanatory way to Mr. Cobb, She's been to Wareham and stayed overnight. That isn't much to be journey proud on. It was traveling, mother, said the child eagerly and willfully. It was leaving the farm and putting up lunch in a basket and a little riding and a little steam cars, and we carried our nightgowns. Don't tell the whole village about it if we did, said the mother, interrupting the reminiscences of this experienced voyager. Haven't I told you before, she whispered in a last attempt at discipline, that you shouldn't talk about nightgowns and stockings and things like that in a loud tone of voice, and especially when there's men folks around. I know, mother, I know, and I won't. All I want to say is... Here Mr. Cobb gave a cluck, slapped the reins, and the horses started sedately on their daily task. All I want to say is that it is a journey when— The stage was really underway now, and Rebecca had to put her head out of the window over the door in order to finish her sentence. It is a journey when you carry a nightgown. The objectionable word uttered in a high treble floated back to the offended ears of Mrs. Randall— who watched the stage out of sight, gathered up her packages from the bench at the store door, and stepped into the wagon that had been standing at the hitching post. As she turned the horse's head towards home, she rose to her feet for a moment, and shading her eyes with her hand, looked at a cloud of dust in the dim distance. Mirandy'll have her hands full, I guess, she said to herself, but I shouldn't wonder if it would be the making of Rebecca. All this had been half an hour ago, and the sun, the heat, the dust, the contemplation of errands to be done in the great metropolis of Milltown had lulled Mr. Cobb's never-active mind into complete oblivion as to his promise of keeping an eye on Rebecca. 
Suddenly he heard a small voice above the rattle and rumble of the wheels and the creaking of the harness. At first he thought it was a cricket, a tree toad, or a bird. But having determined the direction from which it came, he turned his head over his shoulder and saw a small shape hanging as far out of the window as safety would allow. A long black braid of hair swung with the motion of the coach. The child held her hat in one hand and with the other made ineffectual attempts to stab the driver with her microscopic sunshade. Please let me speak, she called. Mr. Cobb drew up the horses obediently. Does it cost any more to ride up there with you? she asked. It's so slippery and shiny down here, and the stage is so much too big for me that I rattle round in it till I'm most black and blue, and the windows are so small I can only see pieces of things.